point to to uh last rodeos yeah first rodeos yeah nobody's really monitoring rodeos anymore. no one's monitoring rodeo mon- no, mon- <laughs> words do not come you monitoring know monitoring rodeos they're not because it's my first rodeo yeah that's it. it is your first it's well it's my last yeah. um it's your last rodeo <laughs> i'm retiring oh, no. i'm retiring this is a disaster no it's but it's funny you don't go into a job interview and they don't say like i see your qualifications i can see you're proficient in word uh, how many rodeos have you done? Yeah. <laughs> What's my first rodeo? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, sir. We only accept people who are in their 12th rodeo. <laughs> 12th rodeos, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Well, welcome to the BioFriendly Podcast. Yeah, cheers. Y- you might, if you're just listening to the show and you're not, uh, and you're not doing just the audio portion uh, and you're seeing it, you're seeing we have a guest. We have a guest today. Can you believe it? I know. I love it when we have guests. It's the best. It's like a party. And I realized I'm actually recording our guest without the gallery mode. I got to switch it over. What? Well, we, I know. So, so right now, it's like the individual window mode. So, so I got to change is, it. This is the kind of high quality preparation yeah. that you get on the BioFriendly What quality. I want our guest to know is that we don't know what we're doing. That That's You it. have to make it clear well, up front. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, gonna to go ahead and vamp, vamp. Um, with, with a, really, a really random, interesting family story that you'd, you'd never expect. Okay. Uh, but, but our guest today is uh, Dr. Chandler. Yes, Dr. Mark Chandler. And what's exciting about that is my my uh, my father's mother's maiden name is Chandler. I am I am a Chandler, at least no a quarter way. Chandler. Yeah, that's great. Hundred percent. Yeah, you absolutely. Guys might be family. We totally could. And 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 uh, there's another Dr. Chandler in our lives, Dr. Adam Chandler, who was uh, the math coach for my my son's ma- my son's a math nerd. No. So so he's on a uh, he's on a math team and their coach is, is Adam Chandler, Doctor Chandler. So there's lots of Chandlers in my life. So and I'm then there's excited. Chandler Bing from Friends. I mean, and then there's Chandler a, Bing, who's friends. not a real person at all. So um, <laughs> well, we we welcome you, Doctor Mark Chandler. Mark Chandler is from uh, Earthwatch. He's a conservation biologist. And uh, why don't you kick things off by telling us a little bit? Yeah, I don't know about your journey thus far, or a little bit about yourself. So. Um, starting from the, the sort of early beginning and, and, uh, this, you know, so I've been at Earthwatch now for 20 years, which seems, um, which is great. Um, you mean people have cared about the environment for 20 years? I know, I know. And you'd think we'd be further along in terms of (laughs) making a difference. Much to the chagrin of all of us. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. Um, we were talking about rodeos before and, 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 uh, um, so it goes to show that I, I, I've been thrown off many times, but somehow <laughs> they, they keep, keep going back. Me, yeah, yeah they, they take me back for some reason. Um, and so I'm a, a research scientist, and uh, Earthwatch is an organization that does citizen science. So cool. we look at developing projects where the public can work side by side with scientists to help collect data that leads to increased knowledge, but also can... can uh, provide the, the participants, the, the, the public with um, really powerful experiences, you know, in the field, collecting data, seeing science is down, how science is done. Very cool. Yeah. And, and you know, I've, I've been thinking um, in, in terms of, of reflecting on this uh, opportunity with you all is, is uh, you know, how did I get here? How did, uh, wh- where did it start? And, and um, it, it's it's the dark past, and I think maybe I landed on my head too many. Good, that makes <laughs> great podcast. That's right. <laughs> so so as far as I can go back, so I was I was reflecting. So um, I was actually born in India, 
And wow. I, yeah, I, I lived on four different continents by the time I was five. That's which is great. <laughs> kind of Global Chandler. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. Um, and the, the, I think my parents were trying to leave me, and somehow I always managed to like jump back on the boat before <laughs> they took awesome. the boat you're, to the You're next an international place. Home Alone story. They're just trying to fly away. <laughs> exactly. I, I think it. it was the inspiration for Home Alone. Yeah. Um, and, and, and one of the, the, the stops was in Toronto. And, um, and in Toronto, there are all these ravines that sort of snake from the plateau down into Lake Ontario. Okay. And a lot of the neighborhoods sort of cut into these ravines and, and, and our house was right there. And so, um, you know, the, you know, after school in kindergarten or, or first grade, we sort of play in the ravines and, and collect beer bottles and bring them in for money and, and things awesome. like that. And I think that's where my engagement with nature started was in these ravines that are in the sort of backyards of the, this metropolitan area. Um, wow. And, yeah, and, and I think from there, I can just remember always thinking, well, I wanted to be a forester and somehow engage with nature. And and then over time, I realized that I had a strong curiosity about nature and I wanted to be able to um, learn about it and, yeah. and always with questions. But I also could appreciate that, you know, bad things were happening in, in some way. And so... You know, and I can see that sort of thread arc in my life of, of always wanting to ask questions on the one hand, but also um, make a difference as yeah, well. Yeah, and I can absolutely. see, you know, whether it's the projects I've done or, or um, after my university degree, I went and worked at the New England Aquarium, um, which is kind of an unusual place for a scientist to be, but it provided me an opportunity to both present information to the public in, in an accessible way, but also do research and, and travel the world, go to Africa and study um, the, the fishes and Lake Victoria and, yeah. and so on. And I could see that my real sort of a sweet spot or passion ended up being, you know, bringing the public um, to this world of science, which gives us a lens into the world, um, but hopefully doing it on projects that are meaningful for both the people who are there as well as the, the scientists who are trying to discover, you know, answers to some of the problems that we have that we can yeah. make a difference. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm beginning to have a theory that if you're born or live in Canada at any point in time in your life, you're going to become like a conservationist or an environmentalist. Like it just seems to fall in that if you live in that beautiful place, you're going to be like a, why are we, <laughs> why are we saving this? You know what I mean? We've had it's a actually, couple Canadians on this it's show. Something we, we say a lot that, that if you're, if, if you are, if you spend a lot of time, near nature, right? Like people who live near the ocean, they love, they, they, they love nature because they yeah. want to protect the ocean. They want to keep, you know, they yeah. want to keep those beaches clean. They want to keep the fish alive. They want to keep the, you know, they're, they're, they're passionate about it. When people are near, a, like when they live near trees. Yeah. I, I think we've had guests in the past, even before say that almost that, that exact same thing that it was, you know, that they wanted to have something to do with the forest. Like mm -hmm. that was, it was important to them. And if you spend any time in some of these, you know, these beautiful forests that, that exist, particularly in North America, we got a lot of great ones. You you do you get you get wrapped up in it and you think why would why don't we want to keep this like yeah. we need this we need this this is important <laughs> so I, I think that what's neat about Earthwatch is is you're you're taking people into environments like that but then you're also showing them science so you're getting them really involved in the in in what it takes to to 
learn about our planet and to help our planet and to do active things to make it a better place, which is really cool. So I'm really glad you, we have you on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What, what would be like the fastest um, way if you were to be in passing conversation to tell somebody what Earthwatch does and you had to do it really fast, what would that... The elevator pitch. Yeah, the elevator pitch. Yeah, that's what it's called. <laughs> the elevator pitch. It's, it's, it's about getting people outside of their comfort zone together with scientists right. to do real science. Yeah. And, and so it, it's, it's about um, getting people on a project with a team of other strangers to work together quickly to be able to... Um, collect data that answers real research questions that make a difference in this world. Yeah. yeah. So we and got kind of the, oh, sorry, go ahead. Didn't mean no, to no, go. Yeah. You know, we, we got the, uh, the, 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 what would you call the it? The mini version. The mini version. Yeah, I was going to say. The intro version of Earthwatch. I was, was going to say the, uh, the, the for dummies version. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Or something. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Earthwatch but we, for dummies. We, we, we met, uh, we met Gitta at the, yeah. at a, 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 what was it? It was Green Biz. I think. Green, Green Biz, Biz yeah. back in February. And we signed up for this, you know, this event she was having, which that's was, right. you know, to the trek to Mummy Mountain. Yeah, like, that's why, that's actually Mummy why we Mountain. signed up for it, is I got to be honest with it. Both Noel and I looked at each other and we're like, hey, if it says Mummy Mountain, count. I mean, where it? And then we get there, and we found out there were zero mummies. It was actually actually was the name of the mountain was Mummy Mountain. And but so we were we were disappointed at first, but not um, once um, we started until we had the experience. And then and then we were handed a bunch of a bunch of tools like with, like you know, measuring uh, t- ground temperature, yeah. uh, air temperature. So yeah, we were measuring wind, yes. all sorts of fun things. And, and so we all had everybody in the, in the team had their, their project of what they had to, to do, and we had to get the you know depending on is it is it on a rock, is it on the ground, is it in the air, is it what's it's, we're measuring yeah. all this stuff. And we came back with all this data, and it was—I don't know—it was, it was yeah. neat. It was fun, and then, and then getting yeah. to, to—I uh, don't know—be involved with it. it I was, wore. It I was wore. the for dummies version. It was yeah. the idiot's guide to, to Mummy Mountain, but it was—it was intriguing. It was—it was a good time. I, I, we, we learned we learned a lot about about uh, just well, even. As I say, a part of the secret sauce really is that it, it's it's, and, and that's sort of what we do behind the scenes. Right. So we take academic scientists who may be used to working with grad students and complicated equipment and, and you know, highfalutin language yeah. and find a way of bringing it to the public and, and onboarding people so that they start feeling comfortable taking measurements. Yeah. And what's amazing is within half a day, within a day, the, 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 the quality data that comes from you know, everyday citizens who participate can be as good or better as professional scientists yeah and so we, we, we do that kind of testing so so um and it goes to show and it's not true for everything that people can do but there's so many different ways that people can actually help collect information um for the scientists um but one of the things i did uh, I, I was reflecting on there's a great story like your story going to mummy mountain is is yeah. is has has been found so many times and there's there's this um so one of the things that earthwatch does is is, is we have these teams where scientists go to Kenya, they go to North Dakota, they go to Peru. Nice. You can study coral reefs. You can you know track zebras. Um, a lot of really exciting things. And um, so often people get the catalog and they look and they they think you know where do we go? Where can we go? And uh, we have teams for teens and you know student groups. And um, so That's there's awesome. this one project that we have in North Dakota studying um, this huge, the largest sort of archaeological dig of mammoths there. Yeah. And so we need a lot of hands to get there to, to, to look through this. 
um, and student groups would go there. Anyhow, so I was talking to the scientist one day, and he was just telling me of one of the students had arrived, and clearly there was a mismatch between where he thought he was going and where he actually was going. So he shows up in, you know, Bismarck or somewhere at the airport, and he's got his scuba gear. He's ready for the Bahamas or somewhere. And so the scientist sort of has to wrap his arm around him and say, uh, we could probably just put this in the shed for this trip because we're not going to be using the scuba gear. So this this kid was in tears. Like he he thought he was going to be sending you know pictures back of swimming with sharks and and mapping coral reefs. Right. Um, but at the end of the week, the kid got back on the plane and he was in tears again because he had the best time in the world. Yeah. Ending up somewhere we had no expectation he was going to end up learning about you know the the history of of America as being able to contribute real science, working as a team. Um, and so there, there are many stories like that of, of this mismatch where you think you're ending up going in one area. <laughs> I mean, like, find yourself somewhere else, but it is worth it. Yeah. It is worth it because yeah. you do, you really do, you learn something. I mean, you learn it, something about, about where you are, even something as silly as what are, you know, what are the, the temperatures on Money, Mummy Mountain and what's yeah. the difference between the temperature on a rock as opposed yeah. to the temperature in the shade. Yeah. And then what is on the rock and what's around the shade and what yeah. can grow here and what can't grow here. And then finding out that your temperatures and the ones of most of the other people pretty much are within range. Like, yeah. it all, it, you know, it's, 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 it's cool. Yeah, it was very cool. This yeah. whole thing sounds like, like for me, if this program was offered when I was in high school, I would be drawn because I'd be like, this is like Indiana Jones experience. Well, yeah. Very archaeologist, like going and looking at the mammoth. You know, bones, the remains, like that. Ah, man, that just excites me so much. Well, to know that you're contributing to the to, yeah. to science, like yeah. it's your 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 work here is helping with the overall job of of figuring out the histories of of this this planet. Yeah, absolutely, and yeah. and it's a really nice balance of of a lot of hard work and a lot of science is is boring grunt work. So you know, it's uh, taking those measurements over and over again in the middle of the day in the heat. Right. But then evening comes and you look out and, you know, that you had a, a guest not so long ago talking about, you know, wanting that perfect wave and wanting to be yeah. that serene James, peace yeah. in the world. And you get those moments as well. So it's really a nice combination of bringing together that sort of sense of purpose, but also being able to feel at one with a place um, with, a, with a group of people. You know, what's cool is on their website, and I, I highly recommend everybody go check out earthwatch.org, right? I'm, I'm remembering yep. that, right? Um, they, when you go on their website, they have all these excursions that you can do, and we can get to some of those and who goes on those and whatnot in a minute. But in the choices and the search parameters, you can search the uh, ease yeah. and, or like down to like, this is going to be strenuous. So you can like select, I want kick me in the butt. Like I, wow, I want to, I want to really? go on an Earth Watch <laughs> that I will re- return a changed person, or you can go to the like, hey, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm gonna help, but it's not gonna, it's not gonna completely. But really, you know, I just want to stare at fish. Yeah, yeah, really, I'm doing it for the Instagram pictures. Right. That's what I'm trying to do. Right. Um, but no, but, so I wanted to point that out. Tell me a little bit more about how you decide to if have. If we wanted the Indiana Jones package, yeah, I want, what would you recommend? I want to have the one where I come home and and I stare off in the distance, and I'm definitely a changed man afterwards. Well, there's there's there's, 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 <laughs> there, there's a, many different ways that you can uh, be stretched out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Um, for some people, it's just actually getting in the water or going or, or being close to animals, wildlife. Right. Um, but we have uh, an amazing project in the Pyrenees in Andorra, nice. and um, and there you you know you're starting off in a, an amazing hotel 
in the, and it's basically the bottom of a ski resort. But then the, the goal of the science is to sort of climb up through these mountains and be able to survey for birds, for, for small mammals, for insects, for wildflowers, and to see how climate change is going to impact where things can grow to and how fast they grow. Um, so, and, and there, uh, what's nice actually is the way it's organized is that, you know, for the people who, um, you know, maybe less, you know, akin to the sort of mountain goats, then there's an easier, flatter terrain. But then for people who really want to push themselves, there's right. the, the top level transects that you do that you can get pushed up there. Nice. Um, That's what I want to do. Yeah. I want to push myself. You want to be like in that Star Trek movie where yes. Captain Kirk falls off of the, yes. off of the where were they, in Half Dome? And then, yeah. and then Spock has to save him That's with the special That's what I want. Boots. That's yeah. the kind yeah. of level of training yeah. I want. Nice. Yeah. That's, yes. well, that's actually, amazing. The project I would suggest is, is that we have a project up in, in Churchill, Manitoba. Okay. So it's the polar bear capital of the world. And Bring it. And most of the teams are sort of in the summer, September. And um, so you do have some polar bears around and you know, yeah. people have to go with guns to, to make sure that you're protected and you get to see the aurora borealis and it's just amazing. Oh, that would be We great. also have a team in February where you have to bring the super suit that you're completely decked out. And, and the idea is to look at snow depth and to see how over years with climate change, snow depth, snow pack and so on is, is changing across the Arctic. Yeah. Um, but there you get sort of strapped down on the back of a, of a sled that's tied behind a skidoo and you go out into the tundra for oh, wow. an hour. I want to do this so bad. these big holes <laughs> to go and be able to put the stakes in to see oh, what's happening with snow. In February, and oh, on the Arctic Circle, I want to do that, and I'll bring some Coca Cola <laughs> for the polar bears. You know, just to yeah, because uh, Christmas is coming. Christmas is and coming. It's that time of Christmas right? Coca Cola. Absolutely, yeah. all, we, as we all know, polar bears <laughs> love. Everybody polar. knows that Coca Cola. Everybody. Uh, so, I'm just curious. You know, you're talking about climate change. Do you, when you do some of your research, can is are there ways to even look at what, like previous like ice age climate change like the other direction like to to see what what happened there get any evidence of that and sort of to be able to look into the the, the you know further back histories of of we've had projects um, that do <laughs> that do that in different ways so one of the the most interesting ways you can do it is you take a core so yeah. it's basically you drill into the ground yeah. several feet yards yeah. and then you pull out these tubes of mud and sediments and okay. then you can cut those and as you look back it's just like a tree rings you know with a tree ring you can go back yeah, in time looking yeah, at yeah. what's happening but you do the same thing and often you look at the bottoms of lakes or great places or seashores you can see how the seashores changed and so we had a project in Rhode Island it was for teenagers as well for students so you'd go out and you'd help set these cores you'd bring them out and you'd be able to look at you know the the past to be able to look at how wow. North America has changed over the last 15,000 years. That's incredible. That really is. Yeah. So you've mentioned uh, in some of these examples, you've mentioned students. Um, so that begs the question, wh who goes on these kind of um, excursions? Like what, what is available to the everyday person, the students? Like how do people get involved? Is it, is it broken up into different groups? That's a great question. So we have... Thank you. <laughs> it's the first time anyone said it. I, I just wanted to make sure that you knew that this was... Um, so, so we have um, student groups that are really focused on teens. And so that's one segment. And so we have... If you go to our website and, you're, and you have a teenager that really is keen on going out, we have student groups. We also uh, fundraise and we get foundation money to be able to get 
uh, teams of teens, for example, throughout Los Angeles. It's a, it's a really amazing program to get yeah. kids who don't have the opportunity of going out with scientists and to nature. Often it's the first time they get on a plane and they, they show up in Acadia National Park or in, in Texas. Wow. Wow. And uh, it's, you know, it truly is transformational for them. Um, but then we also have uh, the general public. And so we have roughly about 50 projects around the world where anybody can go and sign up and you know travel the world, help a scientist, and, and join one of these projects. That's awesome. That's um, so great. We also... Co- corporate um, Christmas parties? Corporate Christmas parties in the uh, oh Arctic goodness, Circle? Oh, my great idea. There we go. <laughs> Let's, I mean, look, if we're going to bring the Coca-Cola to the polar bears... We're going to bring it to the polar bears. We need I'm to just, do it I'm during just, the corporate <laughs> Christmas party. We, so we have... So that's actually a, a great uh, point because we... One of the... Uh, I'd say unique aspects of Earthwatch is we actually partner with corporations to get their employees out to help on these projects. Yeah, oh, very and, cool. And um, it actually is can be tricky because it does sound a bit crazy, you know, if, if you go to your boss and say, hey, I need a couple of weeks to be able to go to the Bahamas to study sea turtles. They <laughs> 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 look at you um, askance. But um, actually we had a team um, of folks from Salesforce who decided to go out on a project together. Salesforce yeah, I'm familiar with a, Salesforce, yeah. yeah. Is, a, is a, a great company, and they really support their employees giving back in some way, and this was a way of giving back. But we have um, many, we work with several corporations where the, they would like their employees to learn more about the environment. Yeah. So these are corporations who see um, that the world is changing, and they want their employees to be ready to respond to that changing world, whether it's climate change and risk, whether it's fresh water, um, whether it's loss of biodiversity. And so what we do is we work together with a corporation and their employees will go out and help learn about climate change and measure what's happening so that they have the tools when they go back to their business to be able to think about the business operations and their personal choices in a different way. Um, and um, so part of it is a learning opportunity for the employees to understand how they can become more green and support sustainability issues um, and but they also learn about the issues on the ground. So they help you know volunteer and contribute to you know collect data on climate change in the Arctic's edge or what's happening with fresh water. At the same time as they can bring something back with their with their um, to their corporation. So yeah, yeah, that's great. Very cool program. Yeah. So while while, while we're on, while you mentioned that climate change and, and the the Arctic's edge, I mean, what are you what are you finding in all these all these trips? Like, uh, is it is it over? Do we just pack up our bags and go, go Mars? Home and go die ahead to Mars? <laughs> is this the last rodeo? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Back to the rodeos again, man. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get back on that. Yeah. Um, there there's stories of, of of both sides. So there's okay. clearly change is happening and. It's it's um, so so part of it is a matter of adapting to that change. So sure. you know, accepting that you know, sort of like fires in California, it it's not going to stop anytime soon. So right. how do we adapt to that in some meaningful way? Right. But then also, you know, how can we mitigate? How can we stop some of the the, the contributions there? Right. Um, several of the projects are looking at um, you know changing in tree line, and so what we're finding up in the Arctic's edge is that some of the trees are able to migrate faster and some tree lines are not migrating. And so now we can plan differently to sort of say, okay, these animals are going to be able to keep up and whereas these habitats will be lost. Um, And the same thing, you know, back to our friend, the polar bear, it's, it's understanding with the change in sea ice, 
you know, are the polar bears going to have somewhere to go to be able to hunt right. and, and go on to the ice there? Right. Mm-hmm. So, the, so the research is definitely helping to um, advance knowledge, but also contribute to management and, and policies to make a difference. Right, right. Well, you know, you're right, because there's obviously we need to do everything we can to, to help mitigate, because the less damage we do, the better. <laughs> but there is that other, other side of it, and I'm glad you brought that up. The other side of some damage is occurring, has occurred, and, and will certainly occur. And what do we do to try to help as much as possible to get as many as many species to survive as we can to get to make things easier for ourselves to continue and, and, and so on. Absolutely. That's, that's great. I mean, that's, yeah. and, and that's, a, that's a real, a, another great reason to go on an Earthwatch voyage, man. To go yeah. Help figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. One of the projects that uh, um, you made me think about a little bit earlier on is, is and, and this I think is an interesting and important point, is often we think that nature has to be at the Arctic's edge or going to the Bahamas or, or somewhere. Right. You know, one of the projects um, that we've started to do over the last 10 years is actually do nature in cities and do wow. the environment in cities. And one of the projects that we've done, you know, close to where you all are at is in the city of Ontario. Sure. And there's a community garden there. And... Um, it's serving a disadvantaged community. It's close by the airport. And uh, the, the community garden was actually using a lot of water. Yeah. And mm. the city was providing the water for free, but the city was sort of saying, hold on, this is expensive, and, and how can we manage the water a little bit differently? Right. So we, we did a, a citizen science project where we worked together with the community gardeners for them to be able to do what you did on... on um, uh, Mummy Mountain. Or, Mummy uh, Mountain, yes, uh, yes. Mummy Mountain. And that's starting to figure out, like, how much water were they using, measuring how much water they used, yeah. and then to be able to, by um, doing the science of it, they could actually self-regulate and start using less water. Put the so water where they to needed docu- it. To, wow. to use exactly the water when they needed it. Whereas before, because they weren't sure how much water they needed, they tended to overwater. Ah. So we were able to, to work together. But one of the science. things that I thought, <laughs> yes, science, science, exactly, <laughs> science in the hands of community members. Yeah. But some of the things that were really important is that this was science in nature in a community yeah. garden in the, in the middle of an urban sprawl. This wasn't going up to the mountains or down by the coast. Right. There are opportunities for engaging in nature, in the environment, in, in people's backyards, you know, yeah. in community yeah. gardens. And I was so impressed by the community members and their love of nature, their love of gardening and wanting to do something. So I think, um, you know, we can't only think about nature as being something that's far away, that's distant, that you've got to have resources to get to. There are opportunities of engaging with nature and and doing something in people's backyards, you know, in downtown L.A. That's a perfect segue into what I was going to ask next anyway, which is obviously because of COVID, the international travel and everything about getting out there has become more complicated. People aren't flying. Uh, We're staying, you know, within the confines of our country. So I wanted to know how much uh, Earthwatch has adapted to that. But it sounds like that this is this this is the strategy, the program that was already coming into place. This things that you can do in your communities and backyards is kind of where we need to focus our efforts right now until things maybe normalize or open up again is that is that accurate that's that's absolutely accurate and we were either lucky or or smart or or probably mostly lucky (laughs) in the sense that we had um really started shifting a lot of focus on being able to work in people's backyards and developing ways of 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 working together with communities without having to be in place yeah now 
being together as a team in the environment is really powerful, but we need to be able to, to do both. Yeah. And so absolutely. We've got these, these programs in people's in, in cities. And actually one of the, the projects that I think is, is uh, very exciting is that we're, we, one of the corporations that we've been partnering with was, is a program, a part, sorry, a corporate partner called Ernst & Young, or it used to be called Ernst & Young. It's a big accounting firm. Yes, firm. yeah. And now it's known as EY. Yeah. Um, well, you got to modernize. you gotta, yeah. you got to get kids. <laughs> kids abbreviate everything they these days. They, they don't know that do. many letters. You can't throw <laughs> Ernst & Young at people, you know? <laughs> no. Yeah. And, I, and I, anyhow, they have lots of very funny stories um, about, uh, you know, how they, they got from <laughs> where they were to where they are, as you can imagine. Yeah. yeah. Um, but one of the, the, the programs that we do together is really engaging their uh, employees to not just um, go on a project and collect data, but to also give back their professional skills on site. And before COVID, they would go out to uh, coffee fields and help the local cooperative figure out um, how to get the most money by selling coffee at a sustainable price, okay. as well as, as, as doing the science there. Very cool. But now because of, of COVID, um, the project that we're going to do, and it's going to be in a month's time, is that they have a, a one-day volunteering day for all of their employees. And in the U.S., they're going to go out and take pictures of air quality nice. at oh. each of their offices. So they have 80 offices across the U.S., and we're working collaboratively so that they can help collect citizen science about air quality um, in a very distributed way all across the continent to be able to help um, scientists figure out better what's happening with air quality. That's so it's terrific. a really nice yeah, yeah partnership where they're able to learn about science and do something um, in their backyards, you know, by, at their homes if they're working from home and still be active and contributing to citizen science in some way. Well, I'm, I thought that all accounting firms and all accountants were just nerds. Yeah, but they're but not. Apparently, apparently they want to go out and help measure air pollution. They, they are, they're cool, they're fun, <laughs> they do neat things, and they even shorten their names. That's right. To E&Y. <laughs> right. I mean, come on, forget about it. <laughs> so so uh, do, you, do you guys even spend time in the unpopular nature, you know, like the desert? <laughs> <laughs> so one of the... the uh, Yes, the short answer is yes. <laughs> no, yes. it's funny because I, I like but, so Jacob and I and our friend Clayton. We we have this we, for whatever reason we love we love the desert, which is we found to be unusual. Yeah, yeah. And, we go and, go out into the desert on excursions and trips. And, right, and and, you know. and people are like desert. Why are you going to? Uh, <laughs> there's nothing in the desert, but yeah. if there's something something about it, you got there. It's, it's that same tranquil, cool. You know, you watch the sunset and you just you're you're. You know, it's breathtaking yeah. to me, yeah. but others don't find it so. And I wonder if there's if there's a, a desire to go out there and, and do any exploration in the desert, and also if you found anything interesting there. Yeah. Uh, so we had a project um, in jo- Joshua Tree uh, oh, National Great Park. area. Love it. And so there, um, the, the research question was to try to understand how and where Joshua, the, the, the sort of baby Joshua trees were taking hold because with climate change the the dryness and the and the humidity is going to shift and so on so they want to know you know is the joshua tree going to be able to follow climate change okay and so how can we look at recruitment of of young joshua trees across um, altitudinal gradients you know and, and space to be able to um, survive 
at the same time, there's all these transects getting, you know, lizards and, and sure. plants and so on. So, um, and, and we weren't sure at the beginning whether people would be, you know, what? Going, you know, in the summertime, yeah. Joshua Tree <laughs> to go and yeah. Do, yeah. get out there in the heat. It's, it's people love it. It's, oh, it's you know, great. I think that there's a, and Joshua Tree is a truly a special place. And, yeah. and uh, so it's mystical. We have, it is. Um, yeah. We've had projects, also archaeological projects. Um, in the Southwest. And um, right. that's also, you know, there's something about, well, and, and one of the key things is obviously we bring tarps. So yeah. in the, if you're out there in the middle of the day, you get some shade. We, we make sure people are well hydrated. And it, there's definitely a sort of buddy system to make sure that people um, don't get um, you know, too much heat and, sure. and, and so on. So it's, it's all within the safe regions, but, um, you know, desert projects, um, surprisingly or not, are, are um, you know, quite popular with people. Oh, wow, that's good. That's cool. Okay. You're well, not alone. Well, nice. Good to know. Good to know. Well, next time we go to the desert, we'll have to uh, bring some scientific tools to do some measuring. Yeah. Digging. Yeah? And, do some and, digging. Uh, yeah. some, <laughs> that's <laughs> it. No, yeah, yeah Joshua trees are, I, I always, I'm always surprised at how big they can get. Like yeah. I, you know, yes. like when you see the the big forest of them everywhere, that you get this idea that they're, you know, they're just kind of almost cactus like things. But man, when when you when you get really get there. out there and look at them, they're they're trees. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they are. They're pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to know, so you can go in any direction with this, really. But you've been at this for twenty years, and uh, probably even longer outside of Earthwatch. But do you have a? You can go the the funniest story. The most intense story, the most memorable story of a adventure that you've been on. So you really, you're, I'm giving you the freedom to go whichever one you want. But do you know, just to prove him wrong, give us your most boring story. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Don't you dare! <laughs> Don't you dare! Any direction? No. He said any direction. No, no. I want, I want the one. I want the one that Mark tells. You know, at dinner parties, uh, you know, hangouts with friends, sitting around a fire, and he goes, "Well, this one time." You know, I rode a bison. You know, I don't know. Just something, something like that. Well, I, I was thinking of, there's, there's there are two stories that stand out. And, um, you know, the one that is perhaps the most memorable in some ways was the one where I felt it was the, the closest to dying I've ever been. Oh, boy. Bring it. it That's great. <laughs> so, yes. So it was actually at the, the beginning of my time at Earthwatch. And um, I came to Earthwatch to help set up these, what we call conservation research initiatives. So okay. these were working with the community to ask the community, you know, what are the questions that you have, you want scientists to answer? And so we would, you know, um, Lance, we had one in Belize, for example, we worked in Southern Belize to work with the fishing communities to understand what were their questions. And then we set up some research questions and we got volunteers to help answer those research questions and bring them back to managers and so on. So that was the model. <clears throat> and we wanted to choose a location like that in Africa and so I was, you know, in, in, in many ways, it's, a, it's an amazing job, you know, to be able to travel Africa looking for places for projects. Yeah. And um, one of the, the sort of biodiversity hotspots is the Okavango Delta, which is in Botswana. And it's this enormous wetland full of tall papyrus. So imagine, you know, these tall reeds that are 12 feet high in this cool. enormous, uh, you know, swamp. And, it, and it's just teeming with elephants and hippos and crocodiles. And wow. it's just like, a, it's awesome. truly a wildlife paradise. Yeah. 
And so one of the things we did is go out on a boat to check it out. And so we're going on this big sort of flatbed boat. Imagine sort of maybe you, you can think of the Everglades, you know, where you're sort of going around curves sure, and, and yeah. the tall reeds. And, and so we're in this boat and we're zipping along. <clears throat> and, but because you're going in these sort of narrow corridors, you can't really hear what's coming. Right. Or see. And, <laughs> or see or yeah. anything. And so... Yeah. We're going along and it's beautiful. It's evening and the birds are flying overhead and and you know and maybe the guide sort of told us you know exaggerated tales of how big the crocodiles were and the hippos. Anyhow, we come around the corner and this big other boat is coming the other way, but it's so narrow that we're going to have a head-on collision. And so there, I can just see this boat coming towards me, and the crew starts jumping off of our boat into the water. Oh, what? (laughs) And I, and I keep on going back in my mind, like, why didn't I do something more? Anyhow, I ended up being pinned by the the prow of the other boat against the seat I was sitting on. And I had this big bruise in the middle of my chest. I could just imagine, you know, (laughs) reflect on those last few seconds of what to do. Anyhow, I'm I'm partly embarrassed by not like wanting to, I should have just gone left or right. (laughs) Well, I mean, to be fair you were told about these behemoth <laughs> animals in the water so your instinct is like well i could either try my luck out here or get eaten out there so <laughs> exactly. i mean it's a fair question to ask also a new environment it's yeah. a whole different situation it's not it's not like every day you're boating around and then someone's boat comes flying at your face right. i mean this is a fairly unusual yeah. circumstance no, so exactly. i think you get a pass on that one for <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure so anyway. and you didn't die which means you, you were right didn't die you made it. <laughs> exactly. otherwise i would have felt really bad about making him tell that story if he had died <laughs> if he had died i would have felt this so interview, horrible. this interview would have been really different this would have been the weekend at bernie's yeah. interview yeah. just uh, exactly. mark to the other mummy mountain yeah. 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 Tuned somewhere yes <laughs> yes they take us up there and be like this is where mark chandler is oh, that's um, awesome yeah, that, that's no, that's that's perfect. I honestly, I just, I think that that's gonna be my new thing. You know how every show has when you have a guest on, I wanna, I gotta come up with a name for it. But it's like, it's like the 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 cocktail hour story. The the when you have a guest, what's the what's the one story that you tell at that specific moment, right? Yeah, because I did it to James too on the on the surfing thing. Yeah. I was like, what's that? What's that story? Right? Yeah. So what's the story that wins the dinner party? Yeah. 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 What's where 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 do you dominate yeah. the conversation? Because I f- I feel like that one would totally everybody would be like, <laughs> and then and then. Yeah. Why didn't you jump? Yeah, it would, it would be. It would be <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it would be hours of fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we're you know we're kind of here at the end of the of the podcast, but I wanted to give you a chance to if there was any other ground that we didn't how, cover. How do people? How do people find out about uh, you know an, an adventure to go on and how they can help? How can people you know participate and be 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 part of the be part of this experience? How can they find Earthwatch? That's... So we have a website and we have a list of projects that you can go on. Right now, because of COVID-19, um, we're having to put a pause on all the, the teams fielding. Sure. We're hoping in the not-too-distant future, we actually had a team last week go up to Acadia to see, you know, could it be ready for to accept teams? And, and the answer is probably in the not-too-distant future, we okay. could have, in some places, opportunities to go out on expeditions. That's great. Um, which is great. The other thing I, I would like to mention is that the, the world of citizen science has just really exploded over the last 20 years. You know, Earthwatch was one of the pioneers. You know, we started 50 years ago. Um, 50 now, years? 
50 years? 50 years, yeah, exactly. And so here, I thought it? environmentalism was only 20, oh, 20 years, years old. That's no, just how he joins 20 years ago, but Earthwatch started 50 years ago. Wow. It's amazing. No, it's, it's, it's a crazy story, and it's a, it's a beautiful story of, of really, you know, right around the time of the first Earth Day, uh, the creation right. of the EPA, right. you know, Endangered Species Act, there's all that sort of energy. Yeah. To, to do something after right. the, the, you know, the environment, you know, Rachel Carson raised awareness and so on. Right. And, and so someone came up with the idea, hey, you know, people want to go out and travel and they want to help in some way. And how can we bring scientists and people together? And, and Earthwatch was born. It's a great idea. Um, yeah. but, but recently there's, there's, there's a lot of other citizen science out there. And, and there's a, a website called SciStarter which um, has a whole menu option of many, many different wow. projects that you can do in your backyard and, and so on. So, um, you know, you don't have to wait for Earthwatch to start. You know, you should definitely consider an Earthwatch expedition when we're up and running. But, yeah. um, you know, ha- have a look. There are probably dozens of citizen science projects where you can get involved and, and help science and, and learn about the world around you and, and contribute um, just about anywhere in the world. Yeah, I love the phrase citizen science. Citizen science. Citizen science. And I love that this is obviously truly a passion because you're you're you're, you're plugging you're plugging the enemy. I mean, there he goes. He's saying go go to other people's expeditions. Right. I, I know. Mean, that just, like that's it, the, it, that tells you this is truly this a, is, this is it's a, about it. It's yeah. about the love, the love of it. I love mm-hmm. it. Well, and, and if I can add, I'm, I'm probably uh, you could <laughs> it depends <laughs> on how long you want to go. Um, <laughs> so the other thing that I think is really interesting and important is that. You know, the, the, the term scientist was actually coined in the early 1800s. And they had people doing all sorts of other things, but they didn't have a term for someone who, as a professional, collected data and tried to make sense of the world and published right. that. And right. so the term scientist was created. And, and then it became the sort of real thing around academics. Yeah. And, and it became this very professional thing. And the ivory tower idea was, sure. was created. Yeah. And, and what's really revolutionary about that idea of citizen science is not just citizens collecting data for scientists, but it's an opportunity for citizens to start defining the research questions they have. So if you're somewhere and you want to know, is my water polluted? You know, how do you go about answering that question? And do you have to wait for a scientist to come and answer that question for you? Or can you take initiative and do it? So the idea of citizen science is trying to turn, you know, science for the for the sake of the people rather than just you know I love people that. helping scientists. Yeah, that is and so cool. I felt like I feel like from a very unreliable source somewhere deep in my memory that is probably inaccurate. Yeah. That Einstein said something like, "All you need to be a scientist is curiosity," or something like that. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. You know? And that captures it. That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, it was Captain. either it was either Einstein or uh, or Dick China. Van Patten. Was it Dick Van Patten who told <laughs> or me that? No. Kierkegaard. Yeah, anyway, I, I can't remember. <laughs> You're, I'm sorry, Mark. I interrupted <laughs> you with a stupid joke. That's <laughs> what no, we do. Perfect. That's unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's well, that was that's terrific. No, that, that that's true. I mean, and and I think that. I, th- I think it's it's awesome what you guys are doing. I can't wait till you can get back to it. Uh, yeah. And it was such a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, you're you're uh, you're a lot of fun. We're gonna have to have you back. Yeah, definitely. Uh, to, you know, to to tell more stories and, and get us into more trouble. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if you're ever in L.A., 
let us know. Yeah, and actually, sure. we're gonna go. We're gonna at some point here. We're gonna go ahead and sign up for for an expedition. Something that's you we know have to not e for easy, but yeah, but hard for hard. For we're hard gonna go for the crazy one. Yeah, I want to. We'll bring cameras. Yeah, we'll definitely yeah. set up a show in yeah. the field. That'd be Let's, great. Yeah. We'll do it. We'll, we'll we'll go. We'll get out there. And we'll have some have some fun. That would be such great programming. Sending the two biofriendly guys on some crazy excursion, and then we can document the whole thing. Document the whole thing. I think everybody would love all that. of the trouble. Yes. us naked and. I love it. Well, we're, well, you can if you like, you can end the call now, or you can sit here as we try to figure out our sign off. We it's, have our sign off. We it's totally it, sometimes okay, it I've heard the sign off already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thanks well, for thank thanks for joining, for joining us, us. and right, thank you. Uh, we'll, we'll see you next time. Yeah. All right. Take care. Right, see you, Marty. Safe. <laughs> that was so fun. That was great. Uh, speaking <clears> of which, I'm going to need a couple weeks off to go to the Bahamas to study sea turtles. Yeah. Well, if it's for science. <laughs> then, then I, I can't say we can't. We could never stop you. That would be rude. I really, awful. I really do. Jokes aside, I really do. When the world kind of normalizes and we can do things like a, that again, I think you and I doing one of those trips would be outstanding. I, I think that we're going to have to expand we, the show into that kind of thing where, where we, we, you know, with some of our best yeah. guests, when they bring up something, to go do whatever that thing is. Right. And to be, yes, absolutely. Well, like, and, to, and to show the world what it's what it's like. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we're dads, so I'm not going to take us out to some place where we're going to get eaten by wolves. But I think no, that... we I should think, absolutely <laughs> go somewhere where we can be eaten by eaten wolves. By wolves. <laughs> no, because there's, it's, oh. we, have, we have to believe... We the have Earth to believe watch people that they would keep us that safe. They're going to keep us alive. That would be safe, even if we don't know how to stay alive. Let's put that on Mark next time we see him. Be like, yeah. look, we told our wives we that promised. if we come face to face with a den of ravenous wolves, that you, you Mark. would keep us <laughs> safe. You, Mark, personally, we believe that. Okay. <laughs> Uh, he was such a great guest, uh, wasn't he? I loved him. Uh, so, I loved him. So, and, and, yeah. what a, and what a great last name. Yeah, yeah. it really is. Yeah. It really is. Chandler Bing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I actually did not know that. You, you didn't had, know that I'm the Chandler? That you, had, that you were part Chandler. That's it. I'm part Chandler, man. Mm, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, again, big thanks out to Dr. Mark Chandler from Earthwatch. And we already said the website, but again, earthwatch.org. We will link it on all of our socials. And so when they're back in action, we'll try to we'll try to give a shout out at that point too, so you can go. I mean, uh, it's you know, COVID's kind of getting in the way of our promotion. It's for these really harshing my uh, planetary buzz, right? Right? Yeah. It's just right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we've been your beacon of light in a gloomy environment, featuring greater parasympathetic nerve activity, more than just charismatic megafauna. Dolphins don't quit. Nature is perfect. Look at eggs. We are y'all inclusive. Don't. Mess with Smokey on this show. What's our new one? I think that was it. Don't we have a new one? Did we add one? Last week. Dang it! We did. <laughs> I don't remember. We added one last week. Oh, we probably did. It was uh, something about... It was probably the best one we've ever done. I actually, today... Something about boogers? <laughs> boogers? Today, I went back and listened to year one. Yeah. And I listened to Sound Years Ahead of the Competition. Uh, that's a good um, one. We are Sound Years Ahead of the so, Competition. So glorious, so handsome. So handsome. <laughs> uh, there was... Oh, it was another one. But I was I was listening back. I was like, man, these feel like a lifetime ago. Yeah. We did all those. I can't believe we forgot the one we came on. It's a good one, too. Is it a good one? Yeah. I, 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 you can't, know, I can't remember. About wearing a cape? No. <laughs> something, something like, maybe we go dancing. We I, go do, you were going to take me dancing? I was. was <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll look it up. We'll look it up. We always say that, and then we don't. And then, then we, we get in the same predicament. I love, by the way, when we said, do you want to stay on <laughs> for the like, sex? Uh, like, no, 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 no. I've listened to a couple episodes, and I've heard you struggle your way through this one too many times this Oh, goodness. So with that, bye! 
Biofriendly Podcast. It's the Biofriendly Podcast.